Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. We are finishing up our series this morning on the uh, on the Gospel of Ephesians and uh, uh, the the theme scripture: Reach out, experience the breath, test its links, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives full in the fullness of God. That's been our challenge. And all of the previous messages they are on Facebook. They're on our. Uh, YouTube page, podcast, you can kind of get, get caught up if you've missed some. Uh, Ephesians 6, we're going to read in just a moment, but he's concluding the letter. This is the last part. So this is the letter that he has written, and this is kind of the closing paragraphs that he is that he is writing. Now, this is a little different than other closings that he has in other books. For instance, in the book of Romans, he starts calling out people and he starts, you know, listing their names and thanking them for their contributions. Or First uh, Thessalonians, the last, his concluding thoughts in First Thessalonians, he gives like one sentence sermons. I love First Thessalonians chapter 5. It's great. But this is a little bit different. He closes instead of kind of like Tightening up a little bit, he gets very intense in what he speaks to the church about. And he gives a warning to believers and to the church about the impact and influence of Satan and demonic powers. So he doesn't kind of lighten up at the end. He really goes kind of heavy and deep at the end. So let's read through this final part of this letter, preparing for spiritual battle. It said, finally, it's kind of concluding... Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So he starts just reminding us that we are in a, in a spiritual battle here with, he uses the term dark, evil forces that may come our way. He's reminding us that there's a spiritual battle that you and I face. We use the term a lot more familiar with the term spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not against a human adversary where speed, strength, equipment, and tactics would matter. Spiritual warfare, he reminds us, is not person to person. It's not someone that you can see. Spiritual warfare is a battle against unseen spiritual forces where prayer, fasting, knowing the scriptures, being full of the Holy Spirit would make the difference. All right? It's an it's an entity of unseen Forces, And can I remind you, from the moment you breathe the name of Jesus as your Savior, there's a war, a conflict, a battle that you face 
pretty much almost every day of your life against Satan and his demonic powers. Now, you cannot read the Bible, you cannot read through the Gospels without reading about this evil entity and evil force. Some people believe in God, but they don't believe in Satan or they don't believe in demonic powers. If you read through the New Testament, the the name Satan is mentioned 30 times. The devil is, is mentioned 32 times. Demons are mentioned 45 times. So some of you are walking through something now and you think it's all random and chance and, and what is going on. But I want to remind you from Ephesians, what we just read, he said, take your stand against the devil's schemes. So there are times that he wars against the house of God and the people of God, and he wars against your life. Now, spiritual warfare can appear in our life in several different ways, all right? Random attacks, man, just kind of out of the ordinary, there's... Where, where in the world? What is, what is happening in my life? I'm just kind of, you know, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, you got this situation. You got this, this thing that comes on the horizon. And, man, you're going, man, what, what's going on? Random attacks. Unusually timed temptations. Normally in areas or times that we are weak and we're just going, man, where did that, where did that come from? I want to... Reminds you it is not random and it's not chance, but there is an adversary that is watching for openings and weaknesses in your life so that he can contempt you. So random attacks, unusually timed temptations, prolonged and persistent trials. It just seems like you never can get it behind. You can't turn the page. It just is here and it and it never goes away. And sometimes those are, are kind of kind of markers of spiritual warfare in our lives. So he he as he's writing these things, he's reminding us of, of this, but he uses an imagery very clearly about a soldier in a battle. He is trying to paint a picture in our minds of, of this battle. Now, I mean, he could have used things like prayer and God's word and things that we see mentioned later on, but he's trying to paint a picture here. So he uses terms like armor and warfare and battle and weapons and, and the armor of God. So he's trying to prepare us for spiritual warfare with forces who are, who are unseen. All right? Now, let me just say something here. I just want to just take, just, take a, just take a moment. I just think that we are seeing spiritual warfare in our nation unlike we've ever seen before. Okay, We are seeing spiritual warfare and it is being lived out on our television screens and on our newspapers. I mean, this past week, again, I am reminded with all the shootings and the death and, the, and all that's going on in our, in our nation that we are in the midst of a spiritual war and a spiritual battle. This is not political. This is not cultural. It's much deeper than that. It is spiritual warfare. Because when you say, as our country has done, 
We want to take God out of the schools. We want to take God out of the universities. We want to take God out of government. We want to erase him from the pen of history. We want him out of media. We want him out of culture. Then this is the world that you get. All right? You... This is what happens when Satan takes over. There is hate, there is bigotry, there is lies, there is division. This is the world that you get. This is what happens when spiritual warfare rages and this is what is happening. We're not just going through a bad season that will be turned over or reaffirmed at the next election. We are going through spiritual warfare as a nation and I just want to remind you today that that I've come, especially after spending time in this passage, I've not come to wave the white flag of surrender this morning. I've come to remind you what Ephesians 6 says. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I've come to remind you this morning of the promise of Joel that says in the last days, right before Jesus comes, when it seems like it's just no hope and there's no way of turnaround, he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm not waving a white flag this morning, but I'm calling the troops to attention because there's spiritual warfare and work to be done today. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. It's in this day's coming. Put on the full armor of God. It's the second time he's mentioned that. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we're going to work through this little section, but he just reminds us, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. So I just want to remind you today that there, the day of your, your evil day is coming. Okay, there's a day. There's a day and a season that comes where there is spiritual battle and spiritual warfare in your life. There's no way that you can be immune from that. There is a day that there is an, a random attack that's coming in your life and he is trying to prepare you for that particular day. This is the day of attack, it's temptation, it's trial, and it's coming your way. And Paul is reminding of, of, us of this and it is not random, it is not by chance, it is an attack that comes from the enemy. Joel's just ser Job's just serving God. He's just worshiping God. He's just doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, man, man, everything that he's ever known, all spiritual security, everything's just kicked out from under him. And he's going, Lord, what is going on? There's a day that your day of evil is coming. Your day of attack 
is coming. And I don't care how spiritual you are or how much you pray. Man, you're, you're not immune from that. Matter of fact, that's probably what has attracted the enemy to your life anyway could be your faithfulness. Jesus just went away for a time of prayer. Pulled away. Fasting, prayer. And in that very season where he was trying to seek God and get closer to God came the attack from the enemy at a place that he was very weak. He was fasting and the enemy gives him the image of bread. Okay, So we don't want you to think that these things are random or they're chance or it just happens. There are times that it is an attack that has been, that has been placed at your doorstep and Paul is warning us of this. Your day of evil could be something like the suggestion you'll never be free of strongholds and addictions. Some of you live with that. You always think that you'll never be free, that you'll always be the, the puppet of a, of a stronghold and an addiction, and that's a, that's a lie. Your day of evil, your day of evil, you have no value, you have no worth. You're not good enough for what God expects of you. You've messed up too many times. You've sinned too greatly and there's not a second chance or another chapter for you. You've sinned so many times there's no hope for you. God is angry with you. He's upset with you about what you've done. We just kind of hear and process these things. Don't tell anyone what you're facing be silent with your struggle there. And the whole time you're trying to be silent, that issue is growing stronger in your life. The enemy said, don't tell anybody. Just keep that to yourself. He, 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 he gives us, you know, we walk through seasons of depression and hopelessness. We never can see, you know, any kind of help or any kind of hope. I want to tell you, when you walk through that season, that is not random or chance. Those are lies that he's been laying in the hearts of the people of God since, you know, since the beginning of time. Then he says, here's how we combat that day of evil. Here's what he says. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Okay, We're not waving the white flag here. We're not crying and we're not going to be upset. We're going to fight. We're going to, we're going to war. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The belt of truth. The belt that keeps clothing you know, tight to the body and is kind of foundational to everything that we wear. But he calls it the belt of truth. The belt of truth. All right? Truth. Unmovable unchangeable standard of belief. Unmovable or unchangeable standard of, or belief. Truth is not subject to every situation. It's not situational at all. Truth is truth whatever situation has come. Truth is not established by a poll, a Gallup poll of Americans. It's not poll driven or focus group, focus group driven. It is truth God's, God's truth that keeps us from being tossed from every wind of doctrine and every change of cult, culture. Truth is what keeps us anchored. We need the belt of truth. Can I give you some truth this morning that doesn't change? I don't care what Gallup says. Truth, this Bible, 
God's word, God breathed, God's inspired word. It never changes. It does not change. And I don't care what liberal churches today may change their belief. I'm going to give you some truth, the belt of truth this morning. This word does not change. It is not up for vote. Its precepts are not up for polls at all. It never changes. It's truth. How about truth? We are all sinners in need of God's mercy and grace. We are all broken humanity. We're not just having a bad day. We're just not going through a bad season. We are broken because of sin in our life. Truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. And I don't want to offend any pluralists this morning or any secularists, but the truth of God's Word says there is only one way that you get to heaven, and that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. The belt of truth. It's the belt of truth. Truth. At, at the end, every man and every woman stands before God to give an account. We all stand before God at the very end. We don't just die and just kind of fade off like animals, but we stand and we give an account. And I want to tell you something. Truth, gospel truth, is foundational to the life of the believer and it's foundational in the armor of God. The, 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 belt, of, uh, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate covered like the shoulders down to the thighs that protected the heart. But I want to remind you this morning, this breastplate of righteousness is not a righteousness that's earned by our own good deeds and our own works. This is a righteousness that was given to us by Jesus. Romans chapter 3 says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So in this battle... Can I remind you, I don't stand in a righteousness of my own because that would just be wasted time in that battle. I stand with a righteousness that was given to me by Jesus at the cross of Jesus. You know, I was, I was, pastoring, in, I was pastoring in Kentucky, right, right outside of Fort Knox. And it was a military town, lots of rank and soldiers, a lot of soldiers in my church, and they'd invited pastors and people from the city that invited them to come to Fort Knox for the dedication of the building. It was kind of a formal thing, so I dress up representing my church. I go to this dedication, and, uh, you know, I'm seated on the, on the second row, because let me tell you, I was a big dignitary there. I just want you to know. I'm on the second row. Right in front of me, right in front of me, they seat the commanding general. I mean, the three-star, the guy that's in charge of all of Fort Knox. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I read about him in the papers, and we're, we're there for the dedication or whatever that was, and there was all kinds of privates, hundreds of privates. They were there for, for basic training. They were all in this for this dedication, and uh, so, you know, we sat there, went the, did the dedication. When it was over, the private stayed seated, but kind of those that they had invited, a lot of the officers that were there, we were just kind of shaking hands, meeting each other, and finally my military host said, are you ready to go? And I said, yes. So I started walking down the middle aisle to leave. All these privates are sitting here. And when I started to approach their rows, they all stood up and saluted. I'm just like, well, hey, they realize, man, they, you know, they, they know, they know there's some authority here. It was amazing. It scared me 
the first three rows, the last ten, I was going, hey, I like this. We need to do this at church on Sunday. What I didn't know was that three feet behind me was the commanding general. I'm thinking it's me, but it's really his authority that they are standing with. And just can I remind you that when we go into spiritual warfare, it is with a righteousness and authority that is not of our own. It is a righteousness that comes from Jesus. So when we are in the midst of spiritual battle, man, I am clothed in spiritual warfare. I'm clothed with the righteousness that comes from Him because my own righteousness would not matter in spiritual battle. And that's why it's important when you are in spiritual battle, you remind them who the commander-in-chief is. When you're praying, when when you're speaking, you're reminding them that in the name of Jesus, there is no other name on earth while men can be saved. At their name of of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses. It's not about our own righteousness, it's a righteousness that comes from Jesus. So he calls it the breastplate of righteousness from Jesus. He reminds us of that. And then he says, as he's preparing this soldier, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Look at this image here. This is an army boot, okay? It's an army boot. Man, this thing is steel-toed, lightweight, water-resistant. This, this shoe is ready to take a person wherever the mission may demand. They don't change shoes based on mission. Man, this, this shoe, this this, this, fit, this foot is ready to go wherever, wherever the order comes from. This, this past week, we were on our, our website, just on the missions page, just making sure that everyone that is requested to be anonymous on our missions website, that we've, you know, that we've done that. Because there are, people, there are people that are willing to go, and they don't care where the mission takes them. He's looking for people whose feet are fitted with the readiness of the gospel. Ready. Ready. I'm ready to go now. Wherever the mission takes me. We had a family speak to us this morning. Going to a place that we can't even, man, we can't even, you know, show live. In the, in the picture, got children. Got children there, but there are people that are, that are ready. You know, their, their feet are ready with the readiness of the with the readiness of the gospel, there's, there's part of a soldier that said, look, I'm, I'm ready. Just give me the mission. Just, just give me the command. If you're a World War II fan, you may recognize the story of Robert Leckie. Robert Leckie was a columnist. He was a newspaper writer in, the, in New York, Boston area. In the time of World War II, Pearl Harbor happened, and like, like many people of his generation, he, he felt called, you know, and he went and signed up for the draft. Finds himself in basic training, getting ready for a war that is, that is really, you know, percolating, getting ready, especially in the Pacific. Goes through basic training, but he's uh, been through college. He's a columnist. He's a writer. He does typewriters, you know. So that's, I mean, that's his life. He goes through basic training. Goes through basic training, and when he, when he gets through, they're trying to find a place to place him 
in the army uh, with his skills. So he goes to the he goes to the uh, the, the, the man at the desk and the guy says, what did, what did you do? Where did you go to school for? What's your background? He said, well, I went to college. I'm a writer. I'm a columnist because he's thinking somewhere there will be, you know, some office somewhere. you got to have somebody that can type, communicate. And uh, he said, okay. And what did you do? He said, I worked for a newspaper. I wrote a local, wrote a local column. He said, okay, good, good. Go get on the machine gun. And he said, well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm a writer, okay? I write. That's what I went to college with. He said, you know what? We don't need writers. We need people on the machine gun. Now go get on the machine gun. All right? So he goes and he, and he starts learning the machine gun, this writer, this writer. And before long, man, he's learning the, this machine gun. Man, the, the, the doors of the boat plop down and he finds himself in Guadalcanal. One of the most intense conflicts of, of World War II. And then after Guadalcanal, he finds himself in Peleliu. And man, at the end of his military career, he was wounded, but he got the Purple Heart and the Navy and Marine Commendation Medal and a Navy Combat Action riddle, a, a, a Ribbon and then the, the Navy Presidential Citation with an extra award because of his bravery. Can I tell you something? Here was a man... Here was a man that did not find an excuse, but he found a way to get himself in the battle. And I just want to say to you this morning, man, we need to prepare ourselves with feet that are made for readiness, wherever the mission may demand. He doesn't call some to go and come to sit back home. See, some of you got, some of you got shoes like this on. Yeah, that's what you got. That's what you got. Can I remind you? That being a soldier in God's army, there are no banquets, there are no dances, there are no dress-up performances. He's looking for people whose feet are ready to go when the commander says go. We got people got shoes on like this. There you go. Some of that's, that's yours, except they're much more nasty. He calls us to go. He doesn't call us to lay around the house. He doesn't call us just to sit around and, and hope everything is well. This is a, our, our feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. He is looking for people who are ready to go. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish with all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish with all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So a, a shield is defensive in nature, okay? Flaming arrows. He said when they come, when you have the shield of faith, flaming arrows, and they will come. They will come in your life. There are times that you will go through an intense spiritual battle. And I don't care who you are. You cannot, you know, you, 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 you cannot get to a place where you will not walk through this season from time to time. In addition, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield protects from the flaming arrows, but a shield is defensive in nature. A shield is a defensive in nature, but it's called the shield of faith. So it's almost, you know, you got two terms that are almost the opposite. One is defensive, 
But faith is offensive, all right? Faith is, is offensive. Some of you, man, your shield of faith has been in your closet at home in your spiritual museum for a long period of time. And I want to call you this morning. Knock the dust off. Get the rust out. Get your shield of faith up. It's time to get back in the battle. You can't retire. You can't give up. Man, we need you in this battle. We don't hide. We don't play defense behind the shield of faith. Shield of faith. Where are the people of faith? Where are the people that believe God? Where are the people that have a vision that God can do something great? Where's the shield of faith for those that can look at a land and go, you know, we can take that hill. You know what? We don't have to give our city up. We don't have to give our community up. We don't have to give our nation up. Where's those with a shield of faith that just down in their heart, man, they see something else that God wants to do. Where are those people at? Where are those people at? I want to just tell you, I don't think the greatest move that God has ever done is in our history books. I just think there's something that God wants to new, do fresh and new in this country that only God would get the glory. Where's the people with the shield of faith? Dust it off. Get it out of the closet. Knock the rust off. Get it back up. Get in the battle this morning. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation protecting the mind, the thought life, Thinking ability, keeping our thoughts pure, keeping our thoughts mindful with God's will and God's purpose. And then the sword of the Spirit, he calls it, which is the Word of God, which is the Word of God. Jesus, over and over on the Man of Temptation, he just kept responding with Scripture that he knew, that he had memorized. And I just want to tell you, we live in a day and age where people don't know God's word. We don't know. We, we, listen, you know, on every temptation, you cannot quote Jonah in the well. You just can't do that. It doesn't apply to every situation in your life. You know, Jesus wept. It doesn't apply to everything. Lazarus, come forth. You need some new word in your life. The sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Which is the Word of God. He quoted God's Word back to him. Can I remind you something about this Word? just want to remind you. There's power here. There's power in this Word. Moses comes from Sinai with the initial law. Remember this story? And man, there was such a glow that came off this Word. There was a glow, presence of God that came off that law that Moses' face began to shine. You remember the story? No, you don't remember the story because you're reading Jonah in the well. There's a whole lot of other stuff out here that's good. And his face began to shine because of the glory of God and he had to put a veil over it. I want to just remind you this morning that this is, this is just not words on a page like any other book. Man, this is God breathed, God inspired. It's his life. There's power in this book. He said, pick up the shield of faith, which is the word, I mean the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He's equipping us. Belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Feet ready with the gospel. Ready ready to go. Shield of faith. 
helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He's equipping you in this moment. Then he reminds as he closes, he gives us some reminders to pray. Now look at this. It's important. Here's how he closes this, this section. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly, look at that word, make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador and change. Pray that I may declare it, look at that word, fearlessly as I should. So there's position and then there's armor that he equips us with. He's given us that that mental illustration this morning, all right? But then it reminds us we're just not sitting around here in the den with this thing, all right? Spiritual warfare happens when we pray and when we go. There's a combination of both of those, all right? So he reminds us, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 says that when we don't know how we ought to pray, the Spirit Himself intercedes through us with wordless groans. 1 Corinthians 14 said when you pray in an unknown tongue, you pray to God. It is your private prayer language. There are times, man, you feel that in your heart. He's reminding us part of spiritual warfare is prayer in the Spirit. When you feel that language of praise and that language of prayer, that is not a time to go binge watch. Can I say that to you? That's a time to shut your door and go pray. Pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going, hey, I I, I need to pray. He says the Holy Spirit's praying God's will in our life in this particular situation. Pray in the Spirit, he says. And then he says on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer and all kinds of requests, on all occasions, that means when you get the chance, we should be praying. When we don't have the chance, we should make the opportunity to pray. There are times that we are are troubled and we cannot sleep at night. And it is not the meal you ate the night before. It is the Holy Spirit that is, that is calling you to pray. Or you can't sleep at night and your spirit is troubled. And you get up and you walk back and forth across the floor. Can I just tell you, you're in the midst of spiritual warfare right there. Pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Late at night, early in the morning, when we're burdened, when we're troubled. All kinds of prayers. We start out worshiping. We start out singing. We start out declaring the goodness of God, the favor of God. We start, we go in every battle with a song of worship that is on our tongue. Then we do intercession and we do thanksgiving and we pray and we intercede with petitions on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. We always keep on praying for the Lord's people. The work of the intercessor is never done. The work of the warrior is never done. I'm sorry you don't get leave. Not in this battle. We can't take a vacation from intercession. We can't take a, a vacation from, from prayer. Let me tell you, these soldiers, they are not equipped with that equipment for birthday parties and brunches and teas. He's equipped us for battle. We've got to realize we're in the middle of a war. Some of you just kind of come to church from time to time and you've lost the thought. Man, there's spiritual warfare going on everywhere around your life. 
It says, be fearless. Be fearless. Be fearless. About a year and a half ago, it was, it was right down here. I was praying. We pray on Monday and Wednesday, our pastoral team. <clears throat> and when I, when I knelt to pray, I felt this heaviness. I mean, I felt, I can't describe to you how it felt in my life. And I just, I just felt this weight of heaviness and this burden to pray. I mean, sometimes, you know, you've got to kind of work your way in and kind of push yourself a little bit. It was not that day. I knew something was up that day. I knew something was up. I was very aware of, you know, just uh, the, the Holy Spirit and, and, and just spiritual battle. Man, I just started to pray. Man, I just started to call out, you know, maybe even more loud and intense than I do in this setting. Man, I just began to call on God. I just began to pray. I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but man, after about five minutes of just this heaviness and this just this intensity, just praying in the Spirit, going, God, what's, what's going on? the Lord just kind of revealed what that spiritual, what I was praying over. Most of you don't know, but when we moved here, I had a house for sale in Kentucky that it took me four years to sell, okay? And if there was anything that ever kept me kind of discouraged, down, unfocused, broke, can I tell you that? It was that. And the Lord said, you need to pray over your house. You need to, I'm like, what? <laughs> That's silly, Right? That's silly because we always think spiritual warfare is about the, you know, about kind of about the big things. So you need, you need to pray over your house. You need, what? Then I got scared. Is it bomb? Is it on fire? I mean, what? You know, somebody living in it, you know. And I just started praying so intensely. And I thought it was crazy. I, I, I was like, really? Over my house? Over real estate? You know, because the, the house was in the process of being sold. And I was just like, I just, and there was a few bumps in the road. I just thought it was real estate stuff. I just thought it was random chance kind of real estate. And the Lord reminded me that morning and said, no, this is spiritual warfare here. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Over real estate? I mean, I think it's the church or the gospel or missions or whatever. And man, like for 45 minutes, man, I just poured my heart out. I just wept and I just cried. And I was just in the midst of this intense spiritual battle and this warfare that I just didn't feel like I could stop. And I felt silly at some point because it was real estate. You know, I was just like, really? But just can I tell you, the enemy's looking for places that you are weak, places, man, that he can discourage you and keep you down. And there may be things that he knows that he could never get you, you know, in, walk you down. But there are areas that we all kind of weaken. Man, that was my place. And I left here after about 45 minutes, and I went to my office for about another 15 minutes. Brent, worship team, you guys can come. I mean, excuse me, about another hour and 15 minutes. Man, I, I turned my lights off. I put worship music on. And man, I just began to call out to God because there was a moment of spiritual warfare. I wasn't sure what was happening. I wasn't sure what was happening. I almost just didn't tell you that story this morning because it just seemed like real estate? Really? Really? But no, that was, man, it was intense warfare. Man, I just felt it. Man, I'm just praying in the spirit and I'm just calling the name of Jesus and I'm doing everything I can, man, in, in prayer and in spiritual warfare. Man, after another hour, and I mean, I just kind of cleared my morning because I wasn't sure what it was, but I had this deep burden in my heart, this so deep, this intensity, this spiritual conflict that I don't feel every day of my life, that I was feeling it in that, feeling it in that moment. And I just prayed, I just cleared my morning. 
And I prayed, and I want to give you a term that you don't hear a lot now, but it's an important term. It's called praying through. You just keep praying until the conflict is over. You just keep praying. You don't give up. You don't get discouraged. You don't wave the white flag. You just pray and pray and pray. I felt this. I just felt this lift. I just felt like in, in my heart. I just felt lifted. I just felt that burden, that intensity, that warfare, that, that hour and almost two hours of intense conflict. It was just all I could do was just walk around my office. I wasn't even sure what was going on. I didn't know what was happening. Just walk around my office. Just praise God. Lord, I don't even know what the conflict was about. I'm not even sure. But I just give you praise. Just call Becky else. I'm going to tell you something that's really weird. I phrase a lot of my calls to her with that sentence. So, so I just had this unbelievable, intense spiritual warfare over the sale of our home and I believe God's given us victory on that you know in about two and a half you know maybe well, six weeks two months something like that we signed the papers on that thing we sold that house I felt so lifted and free but for whatever reason listen some of you are thinking it's random it's chance that was kind of neat. This is real estate. There's all kinds of problems with real estate. But this just wasn't real estate. The normal, natural real estate. This was a spiritual battle that was going on. He reminds us at the close of this, of this letter, he reminds us, man, there's spiritual battles out there. there there's war. There's random times that things happen in your life and you go, man, that's just me. I'm just telling you, I'm not one that thinks Satan is behind every flat tire or every time you don't get a front park at Walmart. But I do believe there are times and seasons that the enemy puts a bullseye on your life and said, I'm coming at you. I'm coming at you. Okay? He reminds us of that. And I say, bring it. Bring it. Because I got my belt tightened with the truth of God's word right I've got a breastplate of righteousness that is not of my own I've got a shield of faith that I can extinguish whatever you send my way and then when those errors are done I'm moving out I've got my feet ready with readiness of the gospel I've got my helmet of salvation I've got my sword of the spirit I'm praying in the Spirit, on all occasions, with every kind of prayer. I'm going to pray all the time for all the Lord's people. I'm not giving up, and I'm not going to be fearless in this battle because I'm equipped. I'm equipped. Stand up. Sing that. This is how we fight our battle. Sing that. This is how I fight my battle. Sing it. This is how I fight my battles. Sing it. This is how I fight my battles. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. 
For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.